Welcome to Wide Earth. You're listening to your hosts, Steph and Brandon. Today we're joined by a special guest, Dakota, also known as Dak Strength. Uh, she's a pretty awesome powerlifter and online fitness coach. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, well, you pretty much did it for me, so thank you. You're welcome. Um, used to, yeah, I used to do powerlifting. Uh, I think it's been about a year and a half since I stopped. Um, but I do uh, own uh, DAC Strength for the last three years. Uh, right now, I'm obviously running that very busy, uh, and I'm trying to do CrossFit. Cool. Keyword there, trying. Trying, trying. CrossFit's hard. Oh, it's so hard. There's just so many elements. Yeah. So how long did you do your powerlifting for? Uh, probably about six years. Yeah, I started when I was quite young. Um, I owned, yeah, about a year and a half ago I stopped. Um, yeah, six years is a, a long time. Before that, I pretty much just went to the gym and didn't really know what I was doing. Quite Thinking back was quite embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny that. And then it's, there's the time where you get kind of good at powerlifting yeah. and then people become a coach. Yeah, that's a, that's kind of the way you do it. You like you do it really well. And you're like, you know what? I can do this really well. Why don't I just teach people how to do it? And so, was there a, was there a time that you could say, or how did you get into coaching from powerlifting? Because that's pretty interesting. You see how some people are quite strong, and then they're like, oh, that person sells programs, yeah. and they're a coach. <laughs> so, how did you get into coaching? Yeah. Was something was that something you wanted to do? Um, I loved the aspect of it. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was kind of working. I was doing hospitality management, and I liked dealing with people. Um, and I was like, what do I really want to do? I enjoyed the fitness stuff. Uh, my coach at the time, Joanne Gregan, uh, she started to mentor me, and uh, pretty much just grew from there I did a few free programs in the beginning just to see if I actually liked it and then uh, here I am you know working 60 hours a week now yeah it's an it. amazing transformation you can see how in COVID it was probably or for, I know for us for some things it was mm -hmm. it was bad but it was quite it was quite good in terms of growing yeah. the online had you already had a big uh, business or had you had like people following you before COVID were you with yeah. online coaching yeah, I probably, it, I, well, I was doing a bit of work with Pro Raw, like at the front desk. I was doing a bit of one-on-one -on -one coaching, but I was kind of nervous about taking the leap from having that, you know, um, income every week to kind of just going out completely on my own. Um, and I think COVID, because obviously I didn't have a choice, I couldn't work at Pro Raw anymore. Uh, it kind of forced me to just be online. Uh, and as terrifying as that was, I was like freaking out. I was like, fuck, what's going to happen? Um, but it was, it was really good. Like I doubled my clients. Uh, in the you know pretty much the first three weeks of COVID, I don't know why, uh, but you know I'm not complaining about it. Um, and then yeah, ever since I've just kind of done that really, um, yeah, just working from home. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Must be like so good to have that flexibility as well to be able to work so from nice. home with something so like nice. like the fitness industry is so typically in person, like pretty much doing yeah. one on one or group fitness. Must be so different now. It's really different. Like a few years ago, um, I used to work at RBT, which is more like group training. Um, I really loved that. Like I do love the face-to-face -face and the one-on-ones, but definitely like sitting in my chair in my pajamas doing phone calls is way better. Oh my God, I bet. <laughs> it's a different way experience. <laughs> Probably not yep. for, the, well, for the client as well. Yeah. yeah. Every, yeah. Every, everybody's, yeah. It's, it's a lot more personal. Like, you know, I used to, when I first started, I didn't do phone calls. I used to just do like online stuff, online check-ins. We just have a conversation. But I really like, as, as much more like effort the phone call is, uh, I find it's way more personable and uh, you can kind of build the relationship a little bit more. 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Is it hard to manage people that you don't know online? How do you how do you find managing your online clients if you've never because there'd be some that you've never met and you just do everything uh, yeah. you know, I've heard lots of I wouldn't say horror stories, but there's there's people that aren't that great at managing their online clients yeah. and there are people that are really good and have that communication. I think that's something that's key. Yeah, like I guess it's it's about asking the questions that you're kind of nervous about asking. Like uh, a lot of my clients, probably 50% I've never met, um, but I I believe that I'm pretty um, good with people. Um, I can kind of <clears throat> force them to, you know, get comfortable and be honest with me. Um, so I don't really struggle in that sense. Uh, plus, most majority of my clients are females, so we kind of have it's a little bit easier than you know. I find males are. They don't communicate as much. I mean, they get the job done. <laughs> they they do well. They do what they needed to do, but the conversation's just like, yep, you've been good. Yep, all right, I'll talk to you next week. See you later. Yeah, so that helps. Because there's, but also when you do those check, do you do those check-ins weekly? Yeah. So sometimes not a lot happens as well. That's true. Not defending yeah. me. Not, de- <laughs> not, de- not defending the We're males. We're not having a go at you, Brandon. We're not trying to keep, like team up on you. If it's a light week and the, oh, all oh, the man. lifts were got done and everything was RP six, everything got done. There's nothing. To <laughs> no, it's just a different experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, like, what would you say to someone who's wanting to get into training for the first time? Uh, that's an interesting one because it's like, you know, part of me says get a coach because then you can obviously learn everything the right way. Uh, you're not going to hurt yourself, whether it's uh, nutrition or programming. Um, but also, I think a lot of people get a coach too early. Mm-hmm. Like when you're first starting out, it's good to know if you're doing everything right. But a lot of people don't really need coaches. Like when, when you first start out, I think group training is real, obviously if it's the right space. So, uh, you know, people who really uh, focus on technique um, and that environment, I think, is really good because it's obviously accountability and stuff. Um, I think I think just uh, just kind of start slow. Like people want to do seven sessions a week. They want to get a coach. They want to get a nutritionist. They want to get all of these things. They want to be the best straight away. And it's like, Mm. just start slow. Learn what you like as well. Like what training style do you actually enjoy? Mm -hmm. Because that'll obviously keep you coming. Definitely. I think that uh, point for group training is really underrated or that group environment. Because, yeah, you're so right. Personalized. Same thing. I did a podcast with... uh, David, who's the author of the book Eat Like the Animals, and he was saying we're talking mm. about personalized nutrition mm. and how it's not always it's not the answer straight away, or it may not be the answer for everyone at all. Yeah. Because for that exact reason, because you can get so much out of that, you know, a general setting and and those mm. things. We know what doesn't work. Yes. We know yeah. what you know doing the banded uh, hip thrusts and whatever is not the only thing that's you know going to be a good thing for you for yeah. your squat or whatever so something like the group environment is really good and it ticks a lot of boxes yeah. and that can be really uh, really beneficial yeah people go straight past it and go nah I just started I need this, x this, y this, I need this. all this yeah. I need a personalized person keeping me you know keeping yeah. me accountable and and maybe they don't not straight away not straight away but even like I know that I've done full circle like I started weight lifting weights with group training in CrossFit and then I went to individualized programming and did Olympic weightlifting with a specific program a specific coach and yep. now I've come back to group training and it's like I really enjoy it because yeah. a group 
they keep you motivated yeah and they keep you accountable there's other people there so you feel like they're lifting you up yeah and the program if it's a good program and a good gym you know that you're going to get what you need out of it yeah and sometimes that's all that people need um and it's more fun sometimes but then there are definitely those that thrive on that one-on-one coaching as well yeah so i mean it's good to be able to find when you're first starting out it's good to find and taste a bit of everything and know Mm. what you really like yeah 100 and Mm. there's a lot of people who can't do online like if they know how to work in computer but also (laughs) they're just the motivation isn't there to like rock up to a gym where they don't know anyone and just kind of like you know film their workouts and stuff it's just Mm. easier for people to have people there to watch them yeah it's not for everyone but it is it can be for yeah it can be for a lot of people but Mm. it's not it doesn't always work no well just with with powerlifting and stuff like Mm. that so when you talk about uh what you what have you achieved with powerlifting for people who don't know because we know you really well oh yeah but you know not our listeners don't (laughs) uh, our listeners don't know you at all so it'd be really good for you 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 just you know Tell, tell everyone what have you done or what, what are your favourite favorite achievements with powerlifting? I was thinking about that actually uh, on, on the way over. Um, yeah. I have three. Um, oh, yeah, okay. So that's allowed. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, powerlifting for six years. Um, I've done Pro Raw at the Arnold's, I think, three or four times. Uh, I was meant to do the one, but then uh, COVID happened, so that didn't really go to plan. Uh, I've done Wildcats. Um, that was really interesting. Um, that sounds like such a cool name for a call. It's such <laughs> it a, does. It's a very, it's a crazy it's really name. Tough. Wild cats and big dogs. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Um, what else? Have I well, my best lifts: um, squat two hundred kilos, uh, bench one hundred and ten, and deadlift two ten. Um, my biggest achievements were competing at Pro Raw. Um, that was. Um, it's not like any other competition I've ever done. Like it's, it's more of a, a show. You know, you're on a platform. There's a huge crowd, like thousands of people. Like it's, it's an elevated platform, not a normal platform where everyone's at the same level. Yes. Uh, Wildcats again, like that was, you know, to have to have that many people rock up just to watch like a group of 20 people lift. Like that's that's amazing. Um, And probably squatting 200 kilos. That was probably my biggest achievement. Purely, purely because that was the first competition I did post um, hurting my back. So it was like the first three lift that I've actually gotten to be able to survive through and plus the PB on the squat. So, so that was yeah. pretty good. So yeah. had you had any kind of injuries throughout your training, training um, experience and throughout your career of powerlifting? Just the back. That's, that's probably the main one. I was actually pretty lucky. Like looking back on, you know, I was quite young when I started and looking back at my warm ups and, you know, what I used to do and what I used to train, like I, I don't know how I didn't get injured beforehand. Um, just, just the back. I'm pretty lucky that I, I think I survived about four years of quite strenuous heavy lifting before my body. So what would you do differently out. if you were to do it all over again for powerlifting? Would you do, would you, yeah. It's a good one. Um, I would probably, I would probably fix my technique a lot sooner. Yeah. Do you think that that's what let you down? What caused your back injury? Um, I had quite a severe hip shift in my squat and I guess it didn't cause me pain at the time. So I didn't really, I was like, oh, we're sweet. And my deadlift, I guess before an injury, you're like, I'm invincible. I can lift whatever I want. Mm. And I was getting quite strong. Like, I think I did like uh, 190 for four and it was effortless. I was like, I can do anything. And then uh, looking back on my deadlift, it was like, you know, a bit of, bit of a rounded back, like a bit of a yank, a bit of just get it up. 
And uh, looking back on that, that was probably like, I would have liked to fix that 100%. Yeah, I think I would have slowed down a little bit, I guess, take my time. We were talking yeah. about this the other day when we were saying how, what would we do differently if we were to do anything or what do we wish we knew? And something yeah. that comes up with both of us is we, the weights don't matter at all. Yeah. And how important your, yeah. it sounds good, perfect techniques overrated. We know that. Yeah. But yeah. good, but good is technique good. Yes. is, yeah. uh, is technique. something that's Doesn't not exist. often, you know, you don't see it all the time. So yes. the, um, yeah, the weights don't matter at all. And no. we'd, we'd kind of thrash ourselves and get disappointed if we did one bad lift and oh, yeah. you try and push yourself too, too hard or, or yeah. do too much. Yeah. Uh, and you don't always slow down and go, hmm, maybe I'll just uh, finish up, put a single on and, and just do a light, you know, a light wait to just you know correct whatever yeah, lift I, yeah. I i did wrong uh but now we have now we all have that attitude where it's so important that's something yeah. that we try and give to everyone i guess when you're not going through it you know you you don't look at it that way you know it's like uh you know we have the foresight now but uh you know a few years ago maybe not uh yeah i i definitely think you know there is no perfect technique but i definitely would have just slowed down a little bit i think because i got i got strong really fast like very fast and looking back like i definitely would have slowed down a little bit maybe, maybe. Yeah. yeah who knows who knows, <laughs> who knows? yeah we learn the hard way we all do yeah we yeah. have to so yeah. because you train so many females how do you find that you know with powerlifting as well it's become so popular mm. because you train so many females how do you go about and steph came up with this idea as well this mm. question oh thanks <laughs> uh, finally do you, still, do you do you still find that uh people women are still worried about getting into weight training and and that whole they're worried about getting really muscly or getting really bulky yes um so quite a lot of not really with training with training like if they come to me for training it's usually to do powerlifting um so they're a little bit more i guess realistic um <clears throat> but i find that most nutrition clients come uh, not all of them but sometimes i do get people who just want to get toned and then I ask them to explain what they think toned is. I hate the like, word toned. Oh, I just want to lose some body fat and gain some muscle. I'm like, okay, so you want to recomp. You don't want to be toned. You know, like to be toned, you need more muscle mass. Mm -hmm. and, and I feel like they're still in that foresight that they think they're just going to get jacked as soon as they, as soon as they pick up a weight. And it's just, it's not that easy. If it was that easy, everyone would be jacked. Yeah. Everyone. I've been lifting weights for like, I don't know, what, Forever. seven years yeah. and seven or eight years. Still and trying. I'm still not like lean and jacked. It's take, like, I want to be leaner <laughs> and I'm not. Like, why can't Just I be get toned. more toned? <laughs> why can't I get bulkier muscles? I don't know. Yeah. It's because it's actually really, really difficult. It's I don't so think that women understand actually how hard it is yeah. to look the way that they're thinking. I mean, yes. the people they often see the pictures of that they're mm. worried of looking like are mm. the, the females that maybe train for a bodybuilding competition yeah. and so they're specifically trying to look that size and yeah. trying to eat lots to gain that size they yeah. might even help have like a little bit of help from something Potentially, else maybe. so you know you just it's like <gasps> it, it's really difficult to get that way and the ones that are doing it are yeah. doing it for competition normal people that doesn't happen no. but where do, but this is the other thing that i find really interesting is where are they seeing those 
jacked people. Like, where are they seeing the jacked Instagram. women? Yeah, but it's there's not media. even that many of them. Though. There's oh, there's so many. Oh, Mate, okay. you look at one and then you store, you, everything's filled yeah. of muscular no, women. Okay, well. It might be different <laughs> for you because uh, you're a male. This is nothing against oh, you. I yeah, love you. Yeah, you're great. Yeah. But because your social media is going to look different yeah. to maybe what Same our social cars, media might look photography, like. Photography, cars, men listing. <laughs> <laughs> but like I know on my social media, like I work in the fitness industry and yeah. Pilates industry as well. So like all I see are people who look, you know, pretty lean, very yeah. athletic. Yeah. What's the best six pack workout for a six pack? That's the reels Abs that come up day. because that's the content I post. So not yeah. like how to get yeah. a six pack, but it's still I post in the health and fitness industry yeah. and I'm a female. So then I get shown recommended videos or photos that they think I will like. And it's like, I actually don't want to see that, but it's force fed. Yeah. Do you notice that as yeah, well? hundred percent, hundred percent. And that, I think that's where the problem lies as well. Like if you see a lot of females who are jacked, you think it's easy. Like you see the photo, you don't see what they have to do behind the scenes. Mm. And like, it's, you know, females who think they're going to get jacked from weightlifting don't actually realize they need to eat right to actually get that as well. I don't think, I don't think females realize how hard it is to put on muscle mass. Like it's so hard. We're mm. so small. Mm. Like it's just it's our hormones don't let us. No, <laughs> it takes years. Yeah, and our hormones cycle up and down. Yeah. They change every month too. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of things at play here. Our physiology just doesn't really allow it. <laughs> mm. It's definitely getting better. Yep. Like definitely. Like I think um, the amount of females in powerlifting, and I think you know Olympic lifting, and most of those sports um, have definitely increased over the last few years, which is awesome. Um, it's just the it's just the food. Yeah, that's the main issue. What, what do you notice the most with the food? I mean, I, I notice a lot that there's just all this diet culture out there and people are like, oh, I have to try keto. I have to cut all the carbs out of my diet. Um, I can't yeah. eat this, I can't eat that. It's like, because they think that will get them the results they want. What yeah. do you notice, especially given you coach people for nutrition? They're just terrified of food. Like yeah. they're so scared to eat pasta, but they're okay to eat rice like how does that make sense like i think people are terrified and they all they always think they need to be uh getting better or progressing so they're like well a diet will do that eating less is going to get me leaner that's progress it's like i i have very few clients who you know um will lose the weight and then properly recomp back to maintenance because they you know once you do the diet once you get to your body weight that you love you love your body that's it job done you can just eat whatever you want now it's like no that's not how it works. Mm. The easy part is dieting down. The hard part is actually slowly reintroducing everything. And I think people are looking for, you know, I had one client who was quite a young girl and, you know, she had a lot of friends who didn't know anything about nutrition or lifting or anything like that. And she would post a picture of pasta and people were like, what pasta is that? I need to eat that because then that will help me lose weight. But like not what else she eats. Like they just fixate on one little thing. So rather than kind of, changing their lifestyle they they look at one thing and go okay if i eat this pasta that's all i need to change and i'll just eat that and then i'll lose weight but it's like it's the it's so much bigger and i think once again social media um you know promotes the diets promotes that people are always changing and growing and cutting and dieting so they think it's just normal to always be in a diet but there's an there's also the obsession of food as well yeah and it'll be like it's so weird and I don't understand it. This is a talking point in the class. Oh, how was your day? What'd you have for lunch? Don't ask me what mm, I had for lunch. Ask me something matter. else. And it's so weird. But this is just a normal, oh, what are you, what are mm. you doing for dinner tonight? What are you, it's, but mm. it creates, there's, there's a lot of, of 
obsession about food and there's a lot mm. of like I don't, I don't yeah that people are really obsessed with because maybe they'll ask me because they want to know they want to know what I, mm. what I'm going to do before Comparison. they give me their their answer or mm. they're just trying to find out what am I doing am I doing something different mm. uh, are they doing something wrong and people always feel like whenever I do something with nutrition for someone it's they don't know they don't know how to eat but mm. <laughs> they know how to eat it's 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 somewhat you know a lot of people have the necessary skills uh to work out what's uh you know a, the healthier option or mm. work out what's going to be beneficial for their mm. for their body and for and, and what's going to be satiating they know these answers but then uh you know they psychologically they can get very yeah. clouded by it and, and influenced mm. by so many other things yeah, it's 100%. almost it's almost like a brainwashing, like mm. an undoing that brainwashing for whatever reason they've been brainwashed, whether it's social media promoting these things or mm. maybe they've grown up with some difficult relationship, like a difficult relationship with food. Mm. Undoing that is so difficult and teaching someone that um, eating pasta is okay, eating bread is okay, mm. eating chocolate's okay, but we're trying to obviously promote nutrition and healthy choices so that mm. you have optimal nutrition and sometimes that might mean including a little bit of chocolate in your diet Mm. like sometimes that will mean including the foods that you think might be like considered unhealthy but if you feel like if you have it a little bit each day maybe that is healthy Mm. for you so it's not just about eating your vegetables and your brown rice and your unprocessed foods yes we know that they're really good for you and they provide nutrients and they're going to sustain your health long term Mm. but having a balance and being allowed to eat those fun foods um i think that that's really good way to break those psychological barriers for people yeah like I had, I had one client who she was going out for breakfast and she was like, what do I do? I'm like, I think I'll just um, prepare my breakfast and take it with me to the cafe. I'm like, you're going to leave that breakfast at home. You're going to go to breakfast. You're going to order something. You're going to eat it, enjoy it, and then walk away. And she was like, oh, I'm like, you're not a bodybuilder. Like, you don't have to go to the extreme. Like, people, I think people think they need to be perfect. Like you said, you know, they need to be perfect, no sugar, no, no, no lollies, no, no naughty foods, and then that will get them. But, like, it's so un sustainable that they break Mm -hmm. and then they go off and then they eat everything and then they feel bad and then they do it all over again so it's like yeah it's like you you like you said like balance is so important like a lot of a large percentage of my job is actually people uh allowing themselves freedom to actually eat a food and not feel guilty like because the guilt just makes it so much worse like just to be able to eat something that's sweet or and that you can just enjoy it and then continue on and not binge for the rest of the day like that's which is I find it so sad like that it that's the main issue like just being able to to eat something that you enjoy without making yourself feel bad for it it's mm. a very complicated um, issue that the mm. food issue and and nutrition has be- become very very complex in the last mm. few years when it's becoming more and more common for you know young women especially and everyone mm. uh, with eating disorders and things like that and mm. disordered eating or disordered uh, eating patterns mm. and you can see how there's so much going on with you know choices of food there's guilt behind food the Mm. emotional attachment to food reward Mm. for food as well Uh, but then also just understanding the logics of how nutrition works is one meal that's 200 calories potentially over whatever you're allocated if that's how you 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 know you look at the Mm. numbers of it what is that going to do long term long term it's going to do nothing Mm. so it's also you know 
the the battle between logic and, and common sense as well is people lose all common sense because they're so emotionally attached to the decisions yeah. that they're making mm-hmm. and it's so hard to tell someone that as well because there's so much going yeah. on so you have to kind of unpack it, it, it you, mm. you're almost playing the role of a counselor when you when you do these nutrition yeah. things it's it's very you know these interventions which they are um, mm. they can have real the impact that you're going to have on someone is going to be really big in the in, in the long term yeah a lot a lot of the nutrition stuff like I have a small percentage of people who will follow it there's no there's no you know uh, psychological process they just follow it uh, and, then, and then they're fine uh, whereas the majority of my clients uh, a, a lot of them see psychiatrists you know a lot of them do have that on there which is awesome um, and then I still do a little bit of it as well like it is a lot of it is mental, you know, whether it comes from, you know, like you said previously, like from their childhood, uh, a, lot of, a lot of things around dinner time, I don't think we realise affect us in the future. Like when I was younger, I was allowed to eat all of the chocolate in the world, like a, a really bad amount. And then, you know, when I was growing up from probably like till I was 25, I had a really bad relationship with sweets. Like it'd be that emotional response. And it took a lot of effort and time to get out of that. Like I used to be terrible, like horrible. Um, And I've kind of taken the time to learn from that. But like everyone's kind of in that phase where they're just dealing, dealing with their emotions, whether it's stress, work related, uh, whether they under eat and then, you know, overeat later on, like everyone's kind of going through a process. And I I think people try and kind of not think about it like they, they just call themselves lazy or they just love food so much but it's like well you're just dealing with stress in your life with the food and it's about breaking that pattern that that's the difficult that's the difficult part mm, definitely yeah. yeah I think um it's really great that when women start lifting weights or training with lifting weights, it does encourage them to eat more. Mm. Because I, I know that with um, working in previous jobs, for example, running boot camps, it's always about weight loss and just cardio and reducing the calories. And now I've seen shifting into weight training and encouraging others to do weight training for myself mm. as well. You know, you, you wanna eat more to perform better. Yeah. You wanna eat more so that you can recover better. So it's great that they kind of go hand in hand in that I think, I mean, obviously anything can go both ways. You know, you can still have a bit of a messy relationship with food in anything. But I think that weight training for women is really great because it does help repair that relationship in a lot of ways. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Like if you you, uh, starve yourself and then you try and come in and be strong, that's not going to happen. And you're like... So then it's like, it kind of forces you, well, if I don't eat right, then I'm not gonna do well in the gym. And for majority of people, the training is easier than the food. So yeah, like you said, like it's definitely had a more positive than negative effect, 100%. It was really good to speak to you and and just talk about nutrition, talk about training. uh, And hopefully our listeners will you know, enjoyed that enjoyed that podcast. You better. Um, where can where can people find you, and where can people learn more about what you do? And and yeah, where can people find more information about your programs? Um, uh, Instagram, Dax Strength, um, and uh, I have a YouTube channel. It's called On the DL. Uh, and you also have a podcast. That's a podcast, isn't yes, it? Yes. Yeah. 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 So we release an episode every week. Um, the practical approach. Uh, I think that's pretty much everywhere you can find me. I'm pretty much everywhere. Really? Yeah, we share we yeah. we share lots of the Cardi Fitness page. It yep. was pretty much taken over by Dax Strength for, for a, a while. Bit, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have any other questions for us, uh, Steph and I, or if you have any questions for Dakota, you guys can. I'll put the 
Instagram links for everybody up here. Uh, and if you have any questions for Dakota, you guys can send her, th send her through any messages. I'm sure she'll be happy to answer any questions uh, or any concerns you we'll might have. Yeah, awesome. Beautiful. Thank you so much, guys, Thanks, for listening. Guys. We'll see you in the next see episode. Ya.